0: I'm Sally Moore and I'm welcoming you back to Unplugged in St Kilda The podcast series where we're talking to musicians who are part of St Kilda's musical landscape Through the 1970s, 80s or 90s We're hearing their memories, what made the place so great for bands and artists And how St Kilda inspired them Today, we have two musical guests who are joining me live via Zoom for distance reasons. Uh, They've been playing in various bands together for most of the decades we're looking at. In 1978, Dave Graney and Claire Moore met in Adelaide and moved to Melbourne with their band Sputniks, uh, which disbanded shortly after that. Um, They've lived both here and overseas and been on an incredible journey with their bands, which include The Moodus. Dave Graney and the Coral Snakes, Dave Graney with the White Buffalos and the Missly. Dave Graney and Claire Moore, we're so happy to have you on the show.
1: Hi, oh, yeah, Hi,
2: Sally. Hello.
0: Thank
1: you. <laughs> um,
0: now, firstly, can you give us a brief summary of your musical career together?
2: I think you just gave the, the <laughs> most, uh, yeah. So we've done about roughly 40 albums. We live wow. for most of the 80s in, in the UK And before that, we had been in Melbourne very much in the village life of Bohemian St Kilda. And that's where we identified as musicians in Melbourne. And after that, I think uh, we weren't so much in St Kilda. We came back from living in the UK for for about five or six years and lived in South and Port Melbourne. And then uh, after that, we we live in the hills of Melbourne, now. Yep. but we both came from that direction of Adelaide, yeah, and, and we were mm-hmm. drawn to St Kilda by the, some of the music we'd seen, like The Boys Next Door and The Birthday Party.
0: Yep. Mm. So, what was St Kilda like during the time you moved here? Uh,
1: yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty hectic. I guess it was very, very a very busy place, particularly at night, and um, it, there were a lot of um, people living in the area. A lot of the rooming houses were still there. Um, so there was a, just a very high, a huge population within a small area. More
2: densely populated mm. than now, I would say.
1: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, 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 then, of course, also... They weren't just uh, tourists. Um, it was a little bit like it was seen a bit like the King, King's Cross is in Sydney. Yep. is you know people would go there for the, for a night out. There were the strip was full of nightclubs and eating places that were open all night, and and so it attracted a bit like Kings Cross. It attracted you know um, people who were here on leave from the army or navy or from all over the world. Um, you know tourists just sort of everybody went there for a night out and um, a bit of excitement. I mean, and there was a lot of, um, you know, kind of all, this, all the things that happened. There were strip places and drug dealing and, you know, it was kind of heavy as well. Yeah. It was quite a heavy scene too. But, um, you know, it, 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 it did also have tourists and people. So it was it was just very busy. It always felt safe to me because it was so busy. Yep. In a way. Mm.
2: It was quite uh it had beautiful wide streets like South Melbourne. Yep. Uh we when we first came to Melbourne, we lived in more suburban kind of Elstonwick or moorabbin and um gradually moved into St. Kilda, but it had it, it was only in the early nineties, like the first place I kind of remember walking out onto St Kilda Street off of a tram or something was robe street or ackland street the very wide streets yeah and uh it was in the when paul keating became prime minister they invested they must have got some money to make traffic uh chicanes and stuff and uh, divert traffic to make it uh i mean address the problem of of street sex workers and that i guess and the uh uh, people just driving up and down those streets, but they were very wide streets. It was a beautiful looking place and quite, quite dramatic to walk into it in and beautiful uh, Art Deco kind of flats, just mm, e- endless, yeah. endless kind of burrows of beautiful uh, kind of glamorously decayed flats. And Fitzroy yeah. Street was like. I that think
1: that that was the main thing about St Kilda, wasn't it? come to think of it, was it's one of the few places that had subdivided buildings, old historic buildings into apartments and flats, and they were cheap, you know. That's right. Most other suburbs had housing, um, you know, separate houses or even, you know, terraced housing, but St Kilda actually had lots of big buildings that were flats or apartments, yeah. And we
2: used to rehearse in at the Seaview Ballroom and uh, it was run by Graham Richmond, who was president of Richmond Football Club. And that had people living in it, and it mm-hmm. had the you know people uh, working, you know, even when there were gigs there, there would be older older uh, habitus of the rooms who would be going up in the lift and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there was also along Fitzroy Street, um, a uh. People lived in like bedsits in this ex mansion, which was, you know, we learned was the. It's still there on the corner of Gray Street, just near the corner of Gray Street and and Fitzroy Street. Was the formerly the French Embassy, and it's now you know like a a few flats. But then it was every room was lived in. It had a beautiful (laughs) uh, staircase, and it was so. We went to a party there. It's behind a shop now, and uh, but you would go to a party in a place like that, and the Seaview Ballroom itself was like the set of Gone with the Wind or something <laughs> wow, compared yep. to most rock clubs now. Mm. And yeah, uh, it was just had this beautiful seedy kind of glamour. Mm. And, and uh, I, I got to say, my first, in, I'm a, I was uh, coming from regional South Australia. I first came to Melbourne in a country football team and we stayed in a private hotel near the Seaview in the uh, before a couple of years before this. And I, we went for a walk as teenagers from the country because one of the boys in the team wanted to fight a Melbourne tough. <laughs> we walked down Fitzroy street and he kept bumping into people to try to have a fight. And we went up into a pool hall off of Fitzroy street and I'd, I was very easily impressed by uh, nightlife. And, yeah, it was like shaven-headed men with black leather outfits, that kind of thing, yep. all around this pool hall. And pool halls were great social areas, you know. So uh, I'd, I'd experienced Fitzroy Street a bit before that, in this, but uh, it still had a lot of... Uh, uh, Drugs and sex around the place, but the world we were in existed side by side, didn't it?
1: Yeah, it kind yeah. of did. Yeah, and uh, but at the same time, when you when you were almost well, we we're in our early twenties, then you were able to move around under the radar of these other people yeah. who were doing deals and whatever. You you were sort of invisible in a funny way too. Yeah. Yep. So you didn't feel like. The only time you felt scared was when those people who were doing the wrong thing or, you know, what things that were illegal actually eyeballed you and saw you and yeah. sort of like, oh, I've got to get out of here.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Ordinarily they would just ignore you. Yeah, or you yeah, right. You yeah. There
2: yeah. Was, people were very poor and uh, the older uh, European people were very poor and you could go to uh, those uh, res- restaurants like Sherazade. If you had enough money, we're all on the dole. Yep. You could get a Wiener schnitzel for $10 or something and it would cover your plate. It was very thin <laughs> and it covered in green kind of uh, spinach. spinach
1: yeah,
2: uh, uh, A puree, but uh, it was very poor. And people kept trying to occasionally start up businesses like even sh- shops. There was no music shop. There was Metropolis Bookshop. That was yep. it. There was people didn't have any spending money.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: It was very poor.
0: Very, very poor, poor. yeah. Was that what, was the reason why you chose St Kilda? Was it because, Dave, of your experience coming here when you were younger? Uh,
2: we were from uh, kind of Adelaide and we were in a specific kind of music scene, kind of a post-punk scene Yep. which was different to the mainstream, or we saw ourselves as removed from the mainstream music scene. And uh, it was like a secret subculture, They're quite large and very influential in later years. Um,
1: Due to the fact that the, the Seaview Ballroom was yeah. this hub, um, before that it had been um, around Carlton. The yep. Sort of the generation before us. Was of it, Melbourne it was, of music. Of Melbourne yeah. music, Mount right. yep. Carlton. And then the post-punk scene was really just around that, that hotel pretty much. You know, it was really centred there. So we just went straight there because that was where our, our tribe was. <laughs> yeah. was yep, yep, founded yeah, tribe. Where
2: it, that, we, we
1: wanted to live and we could be part of that scene there. And
2: there was a band from Adelaide who were the most proficient called Young Modern who went to Sydney and they were, they were just killed by Sydney because Sydney was a much harder rock place. Melbourne was and still is more of an art rock
0: yep, yep.
2: place, more pretentious and all, all that kind of stuff that we liked. And mm. It was mainly the boys next door we saw a lot, but other people like Bruce Milner who uh, ran a go-go records. There were kind of fanzines and, and other groups out of Melbourne. So, we, And, and uh, in a funny way, we understood the world also through the tribalism of football.
0: Football, yep. <laughs> and
2: Sydney didn't have that.
0: No, no. It's a way yeah.
2: <laughs> to communicate with people and make sense of it and to meet people you can talk about something, but Sydney is rugby. So
1: rugby, that's I right. think that music really thrives in places where there there's not so much of the business.
2: Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: places like London, New York and Sydney aren't great for musicians like us because the business is there Mm. you need to be away from it so that they can feel like they found you somewhere in some obscure (laughs) place or you know I don't know what why but it just always seems to be a thing and that's why we didn't want to go to Sydney now
0: yep all right now um, you've mentioned a couple of buildings like the George or Seaview um, can you tell us about any other special buildings in St Kilda from when you lived here? So maybe a place you lived or, or um, a venue or somewhere that you recorded?
2: This is up until about 1980, 82 That's or already. 3. Yep. There was no recording anywhere. We did recording in either Richmond, Richmond or yeah. in South Melbourne. There, there was nothing. Yeah, St Kilda was poor. There was yeah. nothing. No. Right. Uh, I remember we lived in, uh, Claire lived in Eildon Road. Uh it was in a very interesting kind of sh- beautiful, well, it was beautiful at the start. Beautiful
1: block of flats on the corner of Eildon and Ackland and is it Eildon? Near no, the, church it? The,
2: the church there. Opposite the church.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's lovely. It was gorgeous. But, you know, they, they were very cheap, those flats, and this one had... Um, about, I don't know, six feet of water underneath the floorboards. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which caused the floorboards to just rot. So the bathroom had this big hole in the floor. <laughs> you had to, you know, sort of walk around every time you went to the bath. It was but, made out
2: of that kind of stucco stuff. Yeah, it was you know? kind of a brick.
1: Yep. Lovely. It's still there. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's, nice, it's actually building. a beautiful building from, yeah,
2: from the outside <laughs> Had the little <laughs> alcove by the window. There. Yes, I don't know
0: what yeah. There oh, um, just right. near the door, um, there's a little sort of alcove thing, isn't there? Yeah, yeah a lot
1: yeah. of places would have those little, you know, in the kitchen, they'd have a, a table and, and bench chairs sort of built into the wall. Do you know what I mean? Yes, yes. (laughs) That kind of stuff. And those those buildings were were gorgeous. And we all of our friends lived, you know, it was the thing was nobody had a car. So we could just walk to everyone's It It's very flats. much a
2: village. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah and yep. because of the the way the Sea View, the George was run by this very nice person, Graham, and he, the other people who managed it, we were allowed to leave our gear there, rehearse there during the day. We could pretty much use that the um, the space there whenever we wanted to as long as we just teed it up with them so we didn't need a car you know we could just walk there rehearse walk home go to someone else's house it was just fantastic it was great when you're you know you're 20 years old to have that kind of freedom it was really good
2: yeah we rarely crossed the river really
1: (laughs) you had Uh, everything at your doorstep anyway (laughs)
2: later on we lived in uh in uh flat three number nine robe street we, and uh, you could hear uh the uh lunar park behind us and uh, there was, you heard
1: people screaming yeah. <laughs> still hear yeah. <be> that today <laughs> i think it cost fifty
2: dollars a week
1: i think it was thirty dollars a week it was really yep, cheap yep. Yeah. So it's right on the corner of um, Ackland and Robe, this really large white building. I think it's still there. It was just full of these little bedsits. There was
2: one secondhand bookshop nearby that I was always spending time in called the Black Whale uh, Bookshop, and there was an actual place called Greasy Joe's on the corner (laughs) opposite the National Theatre. And, uh, you know, I'm... I've always collected Australian vinyl albums and there's uh, like along Fitzroy Street there was a St Kilda Cafe, which was always, you know, notorious for getting, I don't know, heroin in. Yeah. Uh, and there's a, an album by an artist called, uh, he was uh, he's from a band called Country Radio and he the front cover of the vinyl I'm album. is it's No, it's, uh, I forget I'm his sure. name. Oh, okay but he he died in uh, he lived in uh Canada for most of the last 20 years of his life but anyway he's right on the uh at the doorway of the Saint-Kilda cafe yep. it looked kind of glamorous like a red light kind of scenario mm. yeah that's all i can remember of saint-kilda but there were then. real
1: no-go signs like with us we never we went we did go to a little bit to the Esplanade Hotel mm. yep. but initially back in those days it was a pretty heavy place to go you didn't play there and beyond that you never went down to the sea baths yeah. that area oh. that was you really didn't go there that was where the gang, you know, like gang life was, you, you sort of, and, um, you know, people got into
2: serious trouble down there. So.
0: Yep, yep. <laughs> the, the <laughs>
2: that whole, was the limit. <laughs> the whole aspect of the beach was never really no. part of our world.
0: Yep, yep.
2: Partly because of the way the, 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 the road cuts you off from the beach. You can't just walk. Yeah, easily. it's a bit it, separate, that, isn't it? And- yes, it's always been like that. Uh, I don't know why.
0: Yeah, what impact did St Kilda have on you and your music? Oh well,
1: just all of those things we were saying. It was just, um, it really, uh, it was easy to get around. It freed us up. It it meant that we could just get together and rehearse whenever we wanted, you know. So we could get together our music and our the set of music we were going to play. We used to um, go and see other bands. I I reckon I would have gone to the Sea View four nights a week. For sure, because yep. it was steep to get in, it was up the road, and you always knew someone who was playing they 'd have like bills of three or four bands on a night, sometimes more they 'd have upstairs and downstairs going so yeah, i mean it was it was pretty much um, everything it was it really influenced hmm. us a lot, just being able to see all the other groups who either lived nearby or came down from Sydney. Um, it was a uh, really thriving kind of scene. So, and it, it connected us with other uh, people and it gave us ideas to to also uh, reach out and try and get a, across to the UK, which happened for us in 83. We was, you know, just sent a tape across to, um, you know, Rough Trade, or oh, no, was hmm. it? Um,
2: yeah, Rough Trade. Rough
1: trade. And they handed it on to someone else, and then that person came out here and signed us up. So it was, you know, it was all to do with St Kilda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep.
2: About a decade later, because when we came back from the UK, we went straight to St Kilda because we still had friends living there. But by that time, it was the Seaview Ballroom was uh, shut. Uh, the George was shut.
0: Yeah. And-
2: and it was the Prince of Wales that was much more of a focus for uh, music, and it's and it also had that you know the fizz of kind of crime and and low life around yeah. it, and it was quite exciting, and it also had a kind of uh, yeah I, when I say fizz low life and and that, I I mean it was glamour it had the glamour of that world yeah. a little bit. And uh, we did a lot more playing there. That was a very accessible venue. They had a piano bar where we would play regular residencies in it and then had the big room out, out the back. Um, and, and equally they were quite uh, approachable geezers who ran the place. Mm, yeah. yeah. Still much more than the Esplanade, although the Esplanade was run really well by that time. Mm. And you would get paid fantastic, guaranteed fees to play there, much more than bands would get now. Oh,
1: God, yeah. You yeah. Know.
2: Like for, for <laughs> people to wander in for, for nothing, you would be paid a fee, you know, of like a $1,000 or something. That doesn't happen anywhere in the music scene now. You
0: know? Yeah, yeah. And um, so it was very different to the north side of Melbourne at that time?
2: I don't think we went past the beginning of Sydney Road until about <laughs> 1993. Well,
1: we, yeah. <laughs> we did go to the tote. The tote mm. was the toad, going yeah. in the late 70s. Yeah. So you probably know that. So yeah. we did go there a bit. Um, we just didn't really, we might have played there yeah. maybe. I can't really remember doing much apart from maybe something at RMIT or yeah. a uni gig or something like that. Richmond yeah. occasionally. Oh, yeah, Richmond had a couple of places, yeah, the Tiger Lounge. That, um, yeah. that was connected. I think uh, the well, the guy who ran the Tiger Lounge and uh, Dolores at the Seabue Ballroom yep. had a connection, so they would have bands playing in both places. Yeah, I
2: think she might have also opened up the one uh, Mount Erica Hotel. Or oh something yeah, too, yeah, in you, Paran.
0: yeah. Oh you okay.
1: love her, don't you? Yeah, yeah do I, you.
0: I do. Yeah, yep.
2: She she opened up a lot of places, I think, and mm. yeah, the one in the Mount Erica in Paran was. I really, think it's really on cool. High Street. Yeah. On
0: High Street, yep. Might
1: mm, might not be Paran, but it's up. Up high school? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: down that way.
2: Still a lot of casual violence around uh, Pran in those days in the 80s and one particular night we all went out to some place and we just all got beaten up really savagely by just a bunch of uh, guys who didn't like the look of us. It was like a a barroom thing. We really got uh, attacked.
0: Oh, Oh, that's horrible, isn't it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, not a good. Annoying
2: people, but not that annoying.
1: (laughs) You just look like sort of punk rockers Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. They, they, they were just wanting to have a fight with anybody. Trying to pick a fight
0: with anyone. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I believe when you were living in London, um, you still had connections to St Kilda by living in the same building as Roland S. Howard and Genevieve McGuckin.
2: That was yeah. the way we first got there, yeah.
1: We were in yeah. uh, West Hampstead because uh, Lindy Morrison and uh, Robert Forster from the Go-Betweens, who were partners, um, had a room in a squat in West Hampstead, which was a terrace house, and uh, Roland and Genevieve were on the top floor, and I, there was some other person in the middle floor that we didn't know, and then there, uh, there was... Yeah, we just sort of moved in because Robert and Lindy were on tour in Europe and they somehow gave us the key and we got <laughs> in, or maybe Roland let us in. But yeah, that mm. was uh that was good. We we were there for I don't I don't actually know how long for until the, the um what are those guys called who come and kick you out? Yeah. Um. Oh, these guys, uh, heavies, came around and threw us all out on the footpath. But yeah. um, it was pretty. You know, it's free. So.
0: Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was kind of good. Yeah, we've got Genevieve coming in next week for an interview. So looking forward to that. Right.
2: Oh, cool. We, we we lived in the same house, but we we didn't have a lot to do with each other there. Yeah. They, yep. they, they lived up in the the top rooms the like hatching. an eerie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> What impact do you think you and your music had on St Kilda? I don't
2: know. Um, probably more later on than the early days, yes. So uh, we were just part of a, a group of people. I think that St Kilda scene was very much a, a big collective of people mm-hmm. and it was like pre-social media and uh, was just quite a, uh, you know, a delightful period of a bohemian area, you know, uh, I think the, the the houses that you could live in, the flats, the, the public transport, it, it was so much a different experience to a lot of young people living in Melbourne now who, who have to pay such exorbitant rents um, mm. for such shit heaps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tiny, cramped uh, places. Like, I mean, we'd lived in Adelaide, and Adelaide is still uh, you can you can live in be- uh, beautiful uh, houses there. Um, but this is in this is in Melbourne. Well, it's yeah.
1: really something to be said for having this huge group of young people all living, you know, really close to such a huge venue. That was open all the time. I mean, I don't know about the the influence they had on St Kilda, but you know, when we went to London, there was an incredible influence on the local music scene there from what happened in St Kilda. Oh,
0: Absolutely. wow.
1: Uh, Total, can you expand
0: like, on that a bit?
1: Oh, well, I mean, when we went there, it was. Uh, uh, you know, the birthday party were huge in the underground sort of scene in London, and all of the, all of the local London groups just were all, you know, trying to be like them. It was amazing, you know. Really. Yeah. And the, the, the press were really um, interested in anything that came out of there, and, you know, so it, that paved the way for us.
2: It was yeah. quite a yeah, sense of, you know, confidence and mm. that, 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 that you had.
1: Now, yeah. You know, if we
2: measured ourselves by the, the then current scene, you know, of, you know, rock music in Australia, we were just puny, you know, nothings at the bottom of the heap. Mm. But ah. we had a sense of ourselves that was more connected in an international kind of way.
1: But also the fact that we were able to rehearse so much, um, it wasn't so difficult a thing to do, get our sound together, actually play a lot, meant that we were were streets ahead of all of the other local bands over in the UK where that sort of thing is really hard to do. As we found out living there, it's really hard to rehearse. It's really hard to get together. It's really hard to get around, you know. And so we were just, we were, we were kind of at a, a better level of playing proficiency than, than lots of other groups were there, I think. Yeah. Yep. That had a lot to do with it. Yeah. I don't
2: know what, uh, we, we as Claire and myself didn't do any higher education, but lots of people we knew from around Pran and uh, St Hilda had links, uh, especially to the the Pran campus there, it was, oh, it was yeah. a, lot of, a lot of people studied there. And uh, wouldn't you oh, say the that? Oh, uh, yeah, uh,
1: the Tony Lingy and all those guys. The, the, and there was
2: Rusden College a lot of people went to, but the Pran campus around on, because we lived off of High Street uh, in uh, Thomas Street in Pran in a kind of share house there.
1: So a lot of musicians were also yeah. artists, like painters, yeah. but they yeah. were also, you know, actors and a lot of people went on to do lots of stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think the mixture of, of artists and and musicians was quite good with Tony Clark, who's still involved in some stuff with Nick Cave and a fellow called Peter Walsh, whose uh, mm. partner started up the Galleon Cafe. Yeah. They were kind of a uh, very creative bunch of people and uh, uh, it was real kind of identities with in a, in a village life. It mm. was, you know, lots of uh, vivid, young, uh, strong personalities.
0: And do you ever have much to do with contacts, I guess, um, from St Kilda now? Oh,
1: yeah, we know uh, what people like. Uh, well, artist-wise, people like Stephen Bush and John Campbell, and I mean, they, he was in a band as well, though, wasn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. we do know of quite a few people from
2: Michael Vale, who, of the who was involved in that yeah. Gallery, is uh, oh, Galleries. Yeah.
1: Oh, the Linden. Linden
2: Gallery. Oh, Linden
0: Gallery. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. we do. So, why do you feel the suburb St Kilda is so important for live music?
2: Well, it hasn't been for a long time. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it's a pity that because, uh, yeah, but it's just it changed in the way the, the kind of people that lived there. So at some point in the early late 80s, early 90s, it just moved across the river and that's where it stayed. Yeah. It would be better because it used to be a kind of almost a way like in Perth you have, Perth's a much smaller city, but you have Perth and Fremantle and Fremantle. Uh, mm. And it's almost like uh, reflections of each other, or in, is is which the one in uh, in New Zealand where you have Littleton? Is it Christchurch and Littleton? Like,
1: Christchurch, yeah,
2: yeah, or Wellington, yeah, just places that have a little satellite city outside them. Uh, St Kilda was a bit like that. Yep. But for a long time, it it hasn't been there, and probably Melbourne music scene has missed that in a way. Yeah. In, in a way, even like the the. The Esplanade used to be almost like a Sydney venue. It was, you had to be quite tough to 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 play there, you know, because the audience was quite disinterested, and uh, so you had to be like a band playing in Kings Cross to survive in there. Yeah,
1: well, because it was free to get in. The front yeah, bar,
2: you yeah, mean? they weren't in. Yeah, they were just kind of blow-ins, mm. uh, you know, been yeah. drinking all weekend. If you were playing in a in a place. Where people paid to get in in the Prince of Wales or the Sea View, they were there. They'd invested in it. They they bought into it. They wanted to be there. Yep. If you're at the Sea View, you were just in a lion's den in many ways. In the SB, uh, in this, yeah. In, in the yep. arc, sorry, yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it depends on the venue. I mean, we don't play there that much in Saint Kilda, do we? So yep. don't know. Um, I, I mean, I played. I did play at the SB maybe well before COVID. And it was in a downstairs room. But the people, the sort of people who were upstairs were not music fans. Yeah. You know, they were there just to drink and eat and go out but not see bands. So it depends what sort of people a venue wants to attract. Um, Yeah. And at the moment in St Kilda, I don't know. Um, I know, well, Memo Music Hall. Yep, yep. Is a listening to musicians venue. So. Yeah. That would be the one I say, maybe um, clay pots still. Um, mm. Yeah.
2: There was a, a great one. They started down the back street around, uh, more oh, around. Um, it used to be the,
0: at the back of the George or. Um, oh,
2: it was more oh, yeah, around. that's that one. Yeah, yeah the,
1: the grey lane, George Lane. Yeah, yep. I think Dave's talking about one that's up. Is it Alma Road or something? It was an old park, yep. and the they Firefly did it up. Or something? Yeah, it's got hmm. a new name. That the new name's not very good. It's something to do with David Bowie's song. Yeah, like, wham yeah. bam. Or yeah. Something. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There that's was... a great room. But they're trying to build it up. But I don't know if the right people are living in the area. Hmm. And, and by the right people, I mean people who are interested in going people to see go music along. are living in the area anymore. That's all. And, yeah. so. and
2: music itself, like younger people. Don't invest their obsession in music in the same way that mm. previous generations did. Like they're they're interested in it amongst a whole bunch of other things. You know? mm. Yeah, it's not like do or die like uh, like people in the 70s and 80s. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. interesting.
2: There used to be a hilarious uh, other rooms there, the hilarious, namely named John Lennon room of the. What hotel was it? Uh,
1: the that hotel that's on Barclay Street. And
2: it used to be so violent, but it was oh. the 10 room. It, everyone um. was too scared to play there.
0: Oh, Near Ackland Street, was it? Um, it was on, down uh, that's on that's Barclay Street. It was across yep. the
2: road from an uh, antique shop that used to be called The Bitches back Oh, Barclay.
0: yes. Yep, yep. Okay. I Actually, know where you mean.
1: Actually, just down. And that other pub we were just talking about is just down the road. Down from the that. Down the road from it's that. Okay. That. Whatever
2: that crossroad is there.
0: We used oh, Inkerman. Um, yeah, Inkerman yeah, or yeah. Grey Street on the other side. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're, they're all very interesting street names named after the cri- battles in the Crimean yes. War. Yes, so,
0: <laughs> they are too.
2: We're in another <laughs> Crimean War at the moment. Yeah. They, they used to, uh, we used to also laugh at the uh, the panel beaters on the corner of uh, was- Inkerman
1: mm. and St Kilda Road. Yeah, it was
2: a was, uh, it was a panel beaters and karate school.
0: Wow.
2: got
0: each other out
1: there, you yeah. think?
0: Mm. Oh, how funny! <laughs> mm. So, when you moved here, um, compared to the northern suburbs, St Kilda was the epicenter of live music. Um, we didn't we've even already- know.
2: We went to the northern suburbs occasionally to
0: go Yeah, to go. yep.
2: Carlton at the most, though. Yeah, Carlton that was at the, the, the
1: most. North. You mm. didn't go further north no. than Carlton, really.
0: Yep. And do you know sort of why that's changed? Um, why it sort of moved over that way
1: in your oh, opinion? Oh, because it was, well, it was cheaper to live that side of the river especially yep. in places like Northcote, which it's not now, but it's just wherever it's cheap to live, I think, mm. you know. And it's
2: you know started in Fitzroy and mm. then progressively gone further out.
1: Because it's yep. the young person's thing, mm. you know, and yeah. they want to go out near, near where they live, you know. Yep. So if they can attract more young people back into St Kilda. But then, you know, St Kilda attracts a lot of um, tourists and people from other parts of the world who, again, might not be uh, aware of the music scene here or be interested you know so it's sort of it 's a tough uh, thing isn 't it to work out
2: We also used to play in Sydney, and we still do play there more more than in Melbourne probably and uh, yeah. But when we started going to Sydney, it was a mirror image. It was Darlinghurst and St Kilda, mm. like the uh, Paul Kelly song, St Kilda to King's, King's Cross. Cross. Yep. But, uh, but Darlinghurst was, you know, much bigger kind of. It, it was so exciting to be in Darlinghurst. Yep. And, and it had uh, so much music happening there and uh, it was so much hotter hotter, wetter, and uh, just really thrilling. Um, But Darlinghurst now, like St Kilda, is uh, nothing. Nothing happens there.
0: It hasn't happened
2: there for a long time. It's like the criminal world of Darlinghurst found there was more in real estate than drugs or prostitution, and it's just all...
1: Apartments. Yeah, apartments. Well, yeah. Sydney did also. I mean, Sydney's a lot quieter than yeah. Melbourne is at yeah. night, and it has been for about a decade, I'd yeah. know, at least. Yeah. Due to a lot of other things that haven't happened here, like the large amount of money you have to pay for a license to have live music up yeah. there, and they just wanted to. They just shut it down when people moved into the city up there. They just decided well, let's not have any noise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, and Sydney—no kidding, God! You know, Newtown at night—you could, you can, you could sleep. You know, you know it, there is no no one around. You can you can sort of not see anyone after a certain hour. It's not, there's no one around. It's weird. So yeah. you know, I don't think that um, Melbourne or St Kilda is like that. Yeah, I don't think we've brought in those kinds of laws that have really shut down. No. you know, no. too much. But it has happened a bit, maybe. Yeah, it's
2: like. Uh, in Brisbane, everything for years has been concentrated in one area. Mm. And it's really quite horrible. That's a bad idea. Yeah, horrible. <laughs> if you go there, you cannot get out of there. There are like queues around the block for a, a cab to, to right. leave for the yep. valley. Yeah,
1: Perth. Yeah. Perth
2: has Northridge.
1: That's awful. Equally,
2: all concentrated <laughs> there. But- the kind of West Coast is on crack there that you have to play to, and mm, they own the fair. clubs too. And but you can always go to Fremantle. Mm,
0: yep, yep. <laughs>
1: hmm. I
2: yeah.
0: think
1: St could open up again if, um yeah, if the the timing was right and if they got tried to. Get more sort of artists back into the area somehow. Attracted them in. Yeah. You know, the idea of opening up Fitzroy Street was a really good one during COVID, the, the empty shops to people to yeah. actually use yep. to do something. That was a good idea.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it took that guy Don Leafy several years to open up the George Hotel. Yeah,
1: it did. Yeah.
2: He he just opened it up a bit at a time and you know, it, it must have cost a lot of money to yeah.
1: renovate it and it would have had heritage and mm. everything, overlays and whatnot, I guess. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's, I guess it's one of the buildings that's still standing. I was <laughs> oh, so, so
1: lucky it wasn't pulled down. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting that because it was shut for so many years, you know. I just thought, oh, no, don't don't pull it down. It's so gorgeous. Mm. Yeah. Mm.
0: Claire and Dave, it's been a real pleasure to have a chat with you today. No worries, Kelly. Thank you. It's great that you're both still making music and contributing to the Australian scene, and I'm glad you could be a part of this project. No worries. Thank you.
1: Thank you you very much. Thanks for asking.
0: Thank you for tuning in. It's a real highlight to talk to such talented artists during this series who have had such a connection to not only St Kilda but the whole Melbourne and Aussie music scene. Join me again as we delve into more stories and highlights from musicians who called St Kilda home.
2: You're going home in the back of
0: a This podcast was recorded on the land of the Kulin Nation. I'd like to thank the St Kilda Historical Society and its committee for the opportunity to carry out this project and for all their support along the way. The Historical Society does a lot of work throughout the year to preserve the history of our local area and make it accessible for all. Members pay $20 a year to join and receive three newsletters per year full of information and great stories. They have events throughout the year including local history walks, talks and presentation of new research. See their website stkildahistory.org.au for more information. Our local council, the City of Port Phillip, does so much to support the magnificent arts here in St Kilda. A big thank you to the Council for their funding in this podcast series as part of their Cultural Development Fund. Thank you for seeing the value of this project, and in particular, thank you to Sharon Dawson for your guidance along the way. We look forward to seeing the other projects from this round of funding come to fruition as well. Sending out a big thank you to the animals for their assistance with the promotional side of this project. The Animals are a one-stop shop for advertising, brand building and ID generation and have collaborated with many companies both here in Melbourne and around Australia. See their website theanimals.com.au for more. The Unplugged in St Kilda podcast was recorded at Big Ears Audio, 97 Wellington Street, St Kilda. I'd like to take a moment to thank Tony, Adrian, Laz and their team for doing such a brilliant job recording, editing and producing the series and for their professional advice along the way. And last but not least, I'd like to thank my wonderful volunteers who helped me put this series together, all the artists who gave their time for interviews and to you the listener for joining me. I've had a great time creating this project and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you.